Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by VCR Now. Are you looking for an opportunity to captivate and enhance the experience of those who visit your stadium, arena, house of worship, or business? VCR Now can help you achieve that goal with a total experience. VCR Now is a technology organization that can fulfill your LED, audio, video, lighting, networking, security, and infrastructure dreams. Visit VCRNow.com to learn more. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes! Yes! Yo! From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it's Texas Football Today, a program online that's never stuffed a fish with the lead weights. This I, is true. Not even once. Well, I haven't. I can't speak for you. I have not either. I, you know why? It's trustworthy. My name's Greg Tupper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's <laughs> Texas Football Magazine. TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live, TexasFootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all the places, or listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part. Support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making it sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She's our executive producer, Ashley Pickle. Howdy. Um... Matt McSpadden said TFT greater than ESPN ain't the Ocho. That's what we should That's, solely base our offseason content is, on is calling out the Ocho and saying I we want, are your rival now. I want every scandal in a non like in like a in like a like a fringe sport. Every yes. one of them send them to me. We will cover them here. Like I'm fascinated by these. Yeah. So we, if you if you missed the pre-show, we covered a fishing scandal. <laughs> so like we could talk about the chess scandal. Ooh. Did you hear about that? You hear about that, Kev? No, I didn't. Maybe tomorrow. It's a little spicy. <laughs> Today is Tuesday, October 4th, 2022. 51 days to Thanksgiving. Happy birthday to both Rutherford B. Hayes and Rich Homie Kwan. Happy birthday, guys. That's a, today, man. October 4th is a day. It's National Taco Day, too. So happy birthday to Mike Craven's dog, I presume. <laughs> Episode 1,470. On today's show, folks, big show, big show, big show. We've got our five biggest college football moments from the weekend, including... A surprise number one, maybe? Mm-hmm. Then, back after the show, we're going to be joined by Craig Wave, Texas High School Football Hall of Famer. Joins us every Tuesday here on Texas Football Today. And we will roll out the Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week from the Texas High School Football World uh, as uh, you submitted on your social medias, uh, presented by our friends at Body Armor. That's coming here at the back half of the program. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Tony Blaylock, Just Chad, Robert Legau, and Coach Terry Crawford. Welcome in, fellas. We didn't get to do first four yesterday, but uh, Terry Crawford did say he would be on Texas football today on on Monday. Oh, nice. On the show, on scoreboard, because we had him on after their big win over uh, mm-hmm. over Borden County. Um, yeah, with the story of Craig changing, or uh, Coach Abbott changing uh, Mrs. Way's tire. Yes, exactly right. So, good to see you, Coach. Number one team in this team. All right, Pickle, <clears throat> let's start. Taking a look at the college football weekend. Uh, this is uh, it's it's me, the college football guy. 
Um, we're going to take a look at the five biggest moments from week five of the college football weekend across the state of Texas. Uh, it was a mixed bag, uh, a mixed bag uh, of, of results. There were some teams that had a really nice week mm-hmm. that we won't talk about. Uh, Rice will not make this list. They had a great week. They did. Good job, Owls. Texas will not make this week. Had a great week. Good job. Good job, Longhorns. UTEP had a great week. They will not make this list. UTEP. Good job, UTEP. Um, who who had a bad week? North you Texas. Ex- North Texas had a good, nice week. Yep. Uh, Hugh, uh, Houston will make the list, unfortunately. Uh, I'm trying to think of uh, Texas State. Texas State had a bad weekend. They will not make this list. Texas Tech had a bad weekend. Texas Tech had a bad weekend. They will not make this list. But we do have the five biggest moments from the college football weekend, starting with number five. Um, at, line, at the running back position, they have Brandon Brady. Franklin by himself here. Parker is going to walk into the end zone. Early in this game. Touchdown. Zakari Franklin grab and go for UTSA. And this is what they didn't want to happen earlier. You see the play action. Defensive back falls there and easy touchdown for Zakari Franklin, the all-time leading receiver in reception. Harris to Franklin kicks off the offensive masterclass from UTSA against Middle Tennessee. And this was the this was the UTSA offense in full bloom. They looked really good in in everything that they did. This was a supremely impressive performance from uh, the Roadrunners, and and kind of for a program so young is like obviously we we're just referring to last year, but like vintage UTSA. I thought they looked fantastic last week. Mm-hmm. Um, they rang up, I believe, let's see if I got the stats here. They rang up 590 yards total offense. Frank Harris set a school record for, with 423 yards passing. He threw two touchdown passes to Zachary Franklin. But the thing that's going to get lost in this is they ran the ball really well. Brendan yes. Brady was very good in this game. Um, you know, the, the defense did give up some points to, to, to Chase Cunningham and, and Middle Tennessee. But overall, if this offense is going to do what they're doing here, and we mentioned that they have three of the t- nation's top 12 receivers. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's pretty easy for the, regardless of how well the run game is, it's pretty easy for it to get lost in translation just because that off or that receiving core is so star-studded. Clark, Clark Franklin Cephas is, that is hellacious. Yeah. It's a hellacious group of receivers. And if they keep doing that, they're going to make some noise in Conference USA. Number four! <laughs> Into the end zone, Spears, touchdown, Tulane, and they walk it off in overtime. He's in the end zone by himself. The safety can't recover. Houston gets their uh, heart ripped out by Tulane. They cap a comeback and over a walk-off win against the Kooks. Um, I mean, look, I probably don't need to tell you this, but this is a super disappointing result from Houston. Um, and a lot of it comes back to the um, like it's it's hard to pinpoint one like one category where where they're to blame because I don't think that like I don't think that the defense played particularly poorly but at the same time the defense is going up against a third string quarterback that's Carthage's own Kai Horton by the way mm-hmm. um, but they I mean you got to be able to shut them down right the other thing for me is that they turned they they lost a fumble and. For Houston, they're doing all the little things wrong. Like they had nine penalties for seventy yards. Seventy yards. Like you can't be doing that. Uh, they they had to to they you know they had to come back and in, in in 
in over to force overtime to to, to get here. Clayton Toon was good, but not great. Like they ran the ball okay, but not great, and the defense just couldn't get off the field. Um, it's hard to like. Houston was the better team in this game, but Tulane won on the margins, and that has unfortunately been a theme for Houston this year. And one of the reasons that they're struggling to start the year is that they're is that they're not executing the little things, and that's extremely frustrating. They just continue to shoot themselves in the foot, mm-hmm. and then when they do it. They turn around, they throw their heads down, they throw helmets at their teammates. I mean, it's just looked all sort. There's no sort of happy morale or celebration for good things. It's all just doom and gloom is what it seems like. Yeah, it's it's all very bad. And and if you're, I mean, that's what's so frustrating is that this is obviously a team that we had, we had high hopes for. We thought had an opportunity to really, you know, crash the college football playoff party. I mean, that's so far out the window, it's not even close. Now we're talking like, all right, are you guys even a conference contender? Yeah. Because, like, the answer might be no. And, and you know, the biggest thing for me is that, like, that is when you are going up against a team that you are, that they're on their third string quarterback, you just got to go and you got to make a play defensively. And they simply weren't able to do that. So, super disappointing from Houston. Number three. In five games, it's one of the lowest totals in college football. A-Chain finds another huge hole. He fumbles the ball, though, and it's picked up by the Bulldogs. Rodgers throws the one-on-one ball, and it's a great catch by Rara Thomas. It'll kind of dink and dunk you. Then they take a shot. That time, Thomas... Does a great job of offensive fighting. woes spark defensive shortcomings against AM versus AM's loss to Mississippi State. I wanted to include both those plays mm-hmm. because I think that's really indicative of the issue here. Devon A. Chain was really good in that first drive, running the ball, running the ball, running the ball, fumbles the ball in the red zone. Okay? And then at that point, you're putting the defense back on the field and they're having to make plays. AM's offense is right now so poor that there's no margin for error. No. You can't, at that point, once they fumbled that ball, it's like, okay, that was your chance. Like, that's your one drive to go out there and take command of this game. Because mm-hmm. at that point, you're throwing, the, you're throwing the defense back on the field, and you're asking the defense to be perfect. Yep. Right? And that's a great play by Ra Ra Thomas. It's a good throw by Will Rogers. It's a great play by Ra Ra Thomas. It's a pretty good defensive play, mm-hmm. but you're asking the defense to be perfect. Yep. Now, I don't want to get put the, take the defense off the hook. I thought the defense was pretty bad against Mississippi State. Yeah, it wasn't just that they messed up the one thing this game. They, no. they were pretty bad through and through. No, they were pretty bad throughout the course of this game. But five games in and nothing but pressure to be perfect, you're going to... You're going to get that. Yes. You know? They're wearing down. Mm-hmm. They're wearing down. And you can't blame them for that fully. And for, like, the, the issue goes back to the offensive side. And the offense just ain't good enough. It yeah. ain't good enough. Like, Max Johnson got hurt. Mike Craven had, the, had this in an article he wrote for TexasFootball.com. That Max Johnson has started three games for AM. He has yet to complete a pass that traveled more than 20 yards in the air. That is crazy bad that's that's the thing you have to view it like like uh, um uh, 
Jimbo Fisher's fond of call, calling it complimentary football. Mm-hmm. Well, the offense is hanging the defense out to dry right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's not to say the defense has been great. They got smacked up front. They were getting run all over. This is not a great rushing team from Mississippi State. They ran for six yards carry. This is a team that ranks 94th in the nation in yards per carry allowed. Well, and on the offensive side of the ball, eventually when A-Chain starts to if he wears down, tired, because if he wears down, how can he not? I swear there's a moment. You're done. I, like, I swear, like, it was like the end of the first quarter or something like that. And I'm, I'm going to pick some numbers at random here, but it's indicative of what I was seeing. That A&M had run 20 plays, mm-hmm. and Devon A-Chain had either carried the ball or caught the ball or been targeted in like 15 of them yes and eventually i mean you're gonna like you can't you can't build the entire plane out of it and no offense it's not like he's playing against you know fcs linemen he's going up against sec defensive linemen like what are you that's that's running into a brick wall one of my favorite college football podcasts split zone duo uh said that a&m is iowa with devon a chain yes that is a hundred and ten percent accurate Hard to argue. Anyway. Number two. First down and ten. Used to play the position, right? Yeah, a little bit. Duggan quarterbacking. Taking off. Duggan with his legs. Oh, Duggan all the way for the touchdown. Max Duggan hits the Jets to fuel TCU's romp over Oklahoma. I thought this was Max Duggan's best game as a TCU Horn Frog. Yes. He was spectacular in this game. He wasn't just old faithful. He was the explosive guy. playmaker. Yeah. Now, Oklahoma's defense is butt. It's bad. And that secondary is one of the worst in the nation. They're terrible. But I don't care who you are. If you're rolling out there and you're ringing up 668 yards of total offense, you're doing something right. Mm-hmm. Say what you want about Sonny Dykes. That dude can coach some some offense. That offense is humming. Garrett Riley and company, they're drawing up some plays, y'all. Which, and they put Oklahoma in the harvesting combine. They mulched them. It was Really impressive. That is that was a supremely impressive performance. I mean, they averaged. So here's the thing: they averaged nine yards per pass. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. They averaged eight point eight yards per run. <laughs> they ran for three sixty one. I didn't grow up being a TCU fan, but obviously watching them the past few years, I can only imagine for like a TCU fan that's been watching this program forever how truly exciting that game was because the really good TCU teams in the past were all defense. So to see a TCU team go out and like absolutely be firing on all cylinders, I bet that was just from a football fan perspective insanely fun to watch. A genuinely impressive performance. Maybe... I think that's the most impressive performance from a Texas... Yeah, that is the most impressive performance from a Texas team this year. I'm trying to think of who, who would be better. Right? Like, maybe Tech against Texas? Yeah. But, like, you know? Maybe, I mean, Texas had, against Alabama? I was just fixing to say, had Texas actually beat Alabama, it I, think that it, I think it would have been, been that. But it was, it's probably second, even with it being a loss. They dominated Oklahoma. Now, a big game, believe it or not, at Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, where college game day is going to be at. How crazy is that? But they all pale in comparison to number one. Five seconds on the play clock. Desmond Jackson in for the Bearcat touchdown. Sam Houston tops rival Stephen F. Austin in one final Battle of the Piney Woods thriller. Um, yeah. Desmond Jackson and Justin Tucker should get on the phone and ask what it's like to rip the heart out of your arch rival one last time. Yep. Just talk about it. That's going to go down in history. Like, I mean, so this is, if you didn't know, Sam Houston is transitioning up to FBS. Um, Stephen F. Austin staying in FCS. And Sam Houston's not going to be in a position to be able to pay SFA to play that game. And so they're not going to. This is the third straight game where Sam has really ripped the soul out of Stephen F. Austin. I have big questions about Sam. I think their offense leaves a lot to be desired. But I'll tell you what, when it was winning time, it was winning time. And this is, by the way, SFA is going to see this in their freaking nightmare. Oh, yeah. Okay? If you don't know what happened, this game was 16 to 10 with about, they go, or yeah, they're, so they're 16 to 7 uh, at the, at the, after the first drive of the third quarter. Okay? Like 10 minutes left in the third quarter. 16 to 7. Sam goes down, kicks the field goal. It's 16 to 10 all the way until the final few, like the final possession. Right? Sam Houston's driving. They're driving. They can bet a third and nine on a personal foul. Right? They're driving. They get down. They get first and goal at the eight. Okay? King and Shoemaker runs for five down to the three. Incomplete pass, third down. Incomplete pass brings up fourth down. Keegan Shoemaker then, Stephen F. Austin on fourth and goal, decides to send the blitz. And they bat down Keegan Shoemaker's pass. They're going to win the Battle of the Piney Woods. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a flag. Carl Williams is offsides. Mm-hmm. So that moves it up to the Stephen F. Austin one. And, and then Desmond Jackson goes in. Stephen F. Austin is going to... They are going to see that in their nightmares. Yeah. That is brutal. And It'll for be Sam, the play that is, that is shown on TV over and over and, and over And for again. Sam, when it's winning time, it's winning time, baby. Mm-hmm. And they came through in a big way. They were not... The defense was pretty darn good in this game. The offense was not. Mm-hmm. But... They did what they needed when it counted most. And it is a, a fitting tribute to a great rivalry. It's really spicy rivalry. Real, real spicy. We See have that. a comment that says uh, uh, Sam Houston fan edited the SFA football Wikipedia page to claim that SFA was owned by Sammy the Bearcat. Hard argue, man. <laughs> I got a text that's, from a buddy. That's just text, perfectly petty enough. I texted my buddy who's an SFA grad. After that game, and I was just like, "Dude!" And he just wrote back, "He's like pain." <laughs> we were in the uh, the staff meeting Oof. yesterday, and our office manager China, she went to SFA, and you brought up the game, and she just looks at you and she goes, "We ain't got to bring that up." I was like, "Tep's yeah, about to get punched in the face." It's it tough. It's tough. But a great win for Sam Houston. A great end to the rivalry uh, there, and it's the biggest moment of the college football weekend. 
We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. First National Bank of Omaha is proud to support the communities they serve every day by spotlighting impressive young people and their schools throughout the, through the Impactful Leader Program. This week, we are proud to recognize Joshua Goins from Frisco Reedy High School. He's the Impactful Leadership Award recipient presented by First National Bank of Omaha. Read more about what makes Joshua a great leader at TexasFootball.com. First National Bank of Omaha, the great big small bank. Now a word from our friends at VCR Now. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas love doing business with fellow Texans. VCR now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR now makes sure to listen to your needs in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Pickle, let's go to the hotline and let's welcome in the Hall of Fame voice of Texas high school football. Uh, you can hear him on the horn in Austin every week every weekday uh, uh, between 10 and noon on Light the Tower. Uh, you can also hear him on High School Scoreboard Live on Valley Sports Southwest alongside Aaron Hardigan and myself um, at 11 o'clock. And you can hear him call uh, Texas and Oklahoma uh, the, coming up this uh, Saturday uh, from the Cotton Bowl. We're joined by our friend Craig Way. Craig, it's good to hear from you, partner. Good to hear from you, even though you know both of us know that your alma mater isn't unbeaten. My alma mater isn't unbeaten. Uh, you know, so this is just Pickle's world, and we're all just revolving around in it because, you know, Lano is still unbeaten. Staying up. Now, wait, where, now, what, what's the name of your high school? Uh, Ragsdale High in Jamestown, North Carolina. Lucy Coffin Ragsdale High School. Let's see. Well, according, let me, let me get some, uh, some insights here into those mighty – Tigers. Um, it's not good. And they are the Flying Tigers, by the way, oof. named after the World War II flying unit, the Flying Tigers, but everybody up there just winds up calling them Tigers, which really bothered me. Mm. I thought they should call them the Flying Tigers, just like Wellington is the Sky Rockets. They're not the Rockets, they're the Sky Rockets. So you should go by the full name, is what, is what I always thought. Yeah, it's a tough scene for those Ragsdale Tigers off to a 1-5 in five start. Uh, to, to start yeah. I, I, don't know if that's, I don't know if that's the norm for, for Mighty Ragsdale. No. <laughs> 
They've had some good years. They were in the they were in the uh, state finals a few years ago when I was in high school. We were back to back state oh. champions. One year, three oh, wow. A co champions. One year, out and out three A state champions. But uh, yeah, lean times of late for the blue and whites. Yeah, you can't lose to Southeast Guilford for thirty two to seven. Can't. They're notorious that. for that. Can't though. do that. Can't do that's a game. You Those kids. Those kids from Pleasant Garden are tough to beat. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> uh, Craig, we've spent a fair amount of time, unfortunately, this all, or this season talking about jurisprudence, uh, and we're going to uh, continue it today because yesterday the uh, the UIL ex- uh, State Executive Committee met for some uh, some rather fascinating testimony in the uh, issue of San Marcos High School. If if you're if you didn't hear what happened, uh, right now they've essentially given uh, uh, San Marcos and uh, and coach uh, uh, coach. John Walsh, three years probation and a public reprimand. Uh, but they also added the caveat of that they reserve the right to amend the punishment pending further interviews. Um, I, I'm interested because you've been following the UIL for, for longer than I have. I'm interested in, in your overall take on this particular ruling, which uh, it seems like we've had a bunch of rulings this, uh, this, this uh, season and all of them have been pretty different. I think you made a good point when you were on my show about how they are treating it on a case-by-case basis. Uh, This is clearly different than the Richland Springs situation or even Tom Bean, uh, where where there are allegations of recruiting. In the case of Richland Springs, obviously, there were phone records as a smoking gun. This was a lot of uh, uh, conversation and accusations and, like you said, some pretty heated testimony at the uh, state executive committee meeting about what was really said and what wasn't and what was really put in practice and what wasn't. And I think the UIL kind of had to do what they did. Now, I did think that the actual decision was unique and and fascinating in that they said, for now, you're on uh, probation with those sanctions, but we reserve the right to go back in and revisit it because they want to have some more testimony from student athletes, including tomorrow. They're meeting again tomorrow. So the fact that they're saying it's probation right now, but no sanctions, but listen, you guys, right after you and I were talking about that and you were laying that out, somebody texted in on our text line with that one little video clip of Dean Wormer from Animal House going, laugh now that you guys have been on double secret probation you know it's 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 weird it's different but i think it does fall within the framework of what they have to do on case by case and look at it and say when we get if we get more evidence through this testimony uh you know we'll we, we may have to revisit the other fascinating element about this and you pointed this out as well tap is that we're not that far away from the start of the playoffs. Now, mm-hmm. it may become a moot point. San Marcos may end up not even qualifying as one of the top four teams there in 27-6A. It may, not even, it may not even work out that way. But if it does, then, then, you know, then obviously the UIL is stepping in at that point to bar them from the postseason. So that's why this thing is still going to be interesting to follow in the ensuing weeks. Talking with Craig Wade, Texas High School Ball Hall of Famer here on Texas Football Today. We can involve the conversation at hashtag TF Today. Uh, Craig, I want to ask you a little bit as we kind of come down the stretch here, week seven of the Texas High School football season. Um, 
all eyes, I think, are going to be on a couple of district races that may shape what the 6A bracket is cons- is concerned. And I want to focus on your neck of the woods down there in Austin, specifically how things could shake up in Division Two, because I think that you know Austin has long dominated Region Four of uh, of of the 6A bracket. Uh, there are some San Antonio teams that I think are interesting, but I'm not sure. You know, for, history would suggest that Austin is going to to be there. I look at this at this Region. For potentially of of uh, six uh, A Division two, with two teams in particular in Dripping Springs and Austin Vandergrift, and depending how the rest of that bracket shakes out in Division two, it seems to me that those could be teams that if you're not paying attention to now, you'll be paying attention to in very early December at the least. Uh, is, is that kind of the feeling that you're getting, especially surrounding those two programs in Drip and Vandy? Yeah, I, I do, and and let me add this also: that it, it, it's rare down in these parts to have more, at least in the last 15 years, I'd say, to have more than two districts that involve schools at the largest classification in the state. But there are three if you if you dip all the way into Region Two there in District 12, uh, you know, with the likes of Weiss and Hutto trying to get in, and if either of those get in to the playoffs, then you're talking about Division Two and that. But that's a completely different region in Region Two, and we know how difficult Region Two is uh, in 6A, obviously. But if, for the purposes of what we're talking about here in Region Four, uh, in in looking at 25 and 26 6A, uh, the the always intriguing, eyebrow raising uh, developments happen when you look at who could go up or who could go down division one and division two and i know you and i like to nerd out over this stuff and so does pickle because she's a self-proclaimed nerd as well when it comes to this about when you crunch the numbers and you look at it and say if the, if team a wins then team b will go division one but if team a loses then team b could go division one but if team c wins then they could go division two. Well, that's what's happening in 25-6A. I think 26-6A is pretty cut and dry. We're going to see Westlake and Lake Travis both go the division one route, and obviously Westlake has the tie break on Lake Travis based on the head-to-head win a couple of weeks back. And then uh, I think that we'll probably, obviously, I think we're going to see Dripping Springs get in. They would definitely be Division Two, And I think we'll probably still see Bowie get in. Bowie would go Division Two for the first time. And so you would have that. And, and then you see where it goes from there with those teams in there. And then they're matching up with 25-6A. So here's the question. What happens in 25-6A? Well, in 25, we know Round Rock is definitely Division One. They have the largest enrollment. We also know that assuming Maynard recovers from the you know, thumping they took from Vandegrift last week and turns things around, and I think they probably will, and get into the playoffs, they will definitely be in the Division Two bracket. It's after that mm-hmm. that things get, uh, they get really weird. Vandegrift has always been a D2 team, but if Mr. Ridge should get into the playoffs, and they did beat McNeil last week, if that were to happen... Uh, if they were to go on and make it, and they've got a huge game with Stony Point coming up next weekend. I think Mr. Ridge will probably beat Westwood this week, but then it's going to be a huge game with Stony. And if they win that and then roll out from there and then nobody loses beyond the games you're quote-unquote not expected to win, like playing Vandegrift, like playing Round Rock uh, and Maynard, if, if they win those other games, then they go Division Two, and then Vandegrift goes Division One. You're talking about 
the winner of the Vandegrift Round Rock game matching up with Lake Travis and the loser of the Vandegrift Round Rock game matching up with Westlake. How's that for sweepstakes? Yeah, uh, tough, tough, tough scenes down there in 25 and 26, especially 25-6A, uh, especially when you go to the Division One bracket. One last question from Craig Way, the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer. It's the meanest thing we do to each other each week, and I'm going to ask you to teleport to pick one game that you can teleport to, to this week, and I've got three, t- three games that are each top five showdowns. Three top five showdowns. You can either go 7.30 p.m. Friday night to Texarkana as Gilmer visits Pleasant Grove. You can go 7.30 p.m. Friday night to Bells as the Bells Panthers welcome in the Gunner Tigers. Or you can go 7.30 p.m. Friday night to Richland Springs as the Richland Springs Coyotes welcome in the Cherokee Indians for some six-man action. Which one of those three are you teleporting to? They each all have really compelling stories, don't they? Mm-hmm. I, you know, with with uh, with Richland Springs, or as the locals out there in Mills County and 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 on beyond, they call it Richland. They just say Richland, not to be confused with the Royals and the Dallas Forward Metroplex. But uh, if you're if you're talking about uh, the Coyotes. Given what they've had to do to gather themselves up by the bootstraps, not having Coach Burkhardt, and they and they look like they have not been the worst for wear. They've been able to go forward and continue winning, so that's a good matchup with Cherokee. Then, of course, uh, at Bells and Gunner. The 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 big question there is how for real is Bells, mm-hmm. and we may not know the answer. Uh, if they lose, because we know what Gunner is, mm-hmm. and 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 they might even put a thumping on Bell's. Who knows? But if Gunner, but if Bell should win or keep it really close, then we'll know. Then that, that the Panthers could be a real uh, a real factor. But I do think when when all is said and done, I think really and truly you're t- you're talking about uh, Pleasant Grove and Gilmer because that's that's an exciting matchup. Also, and, and you and I discussed this briefly this morning, Tep, that. Mm-hmm. In in Pleasant Grove and Gilmer, it's it's kind of like that's that's a whole under the radar region of the state of Texas. We've scarcely mentioned Carthage at all. Not that we've really needed to. They've crushed everybody, and they're going to continue to crush teams. I think. But you made the point, and I agree with you, that the winner of this game, Gilmer and Pleasant Grove, might be best suited to give Carthage its most difficult test if they were to meet up, obviously, in the playoffs. He's Craig Wayne. He's the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer. You can hear him on the horn in Austin every weekday. You can hear him on High School Scoreboard Live, Valley Sports Southwest, at 11 o'clock, alongside Aaron Hardigan and myself. And you can hear him call Texas and Oklahoma up here this uh, weekend. Uh, Craig, appreciate your time, my friend, and I will see you on Friday. Pickle will, too, but I can only speak for myself. She may try to avoid you. No. She'll just say she'll just say go jackets, right? Sting them. Uh, here we go. <laughs> Bye, Bye, Craig. Craig. There you go. See ya. Craig Way, the Texas Football Hall of Famer and a proud Ragsdale Tiger. Join us here. Text to play. I'm gonna get a Ragsdale Tiger shirt now. That would be amazing. What that would be you... a real the, the deepest cut. That would be good. You need to you need to wear it under your like suit jacket when he shows up. Just, you like, know? <laughs> exactly right. I am I, I this is strange to say I don't have like a cop shirt. Really? Yeah, I gotta fix that. I have multiple Lano shirts. I know you. They say district champions on them. Oh well, 
Cowbell doesn't have this. <laughs> We're Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Derry Max and Dave Campbell's Texas Football are proud to team up again this year to honor excellence in coaching and the hard work that assistant coaches put in on behalf of their teams. Each week, the Texas Football staff nominates four deserving assistant coaches for the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week. Let fans decide on the winner via Twitter poll. It all leads up to the Dairy Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Year decided at season's end. Your Week 5 Dairy Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. Week 6. Week 6. This is Week 7. College Excellent. football is Week 5. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it here. <laughs> the math do be mathing. <laughs> Orange Field Defensive Coordinator David Kendrick facing an Anahuac team averaging more than 40 points per game. The Bobcats defense dominated, shutting out, uh, shutting them out in the second half in a win over Anahuac. San Antonio Southside Offensive Coordinator uh, Larry Wutrich. Wutrich? Yeah. Yes. Wutrich. Let's go. Uh, the Cardinals running game got put on a show, averaging 11.4 yards per carry, and got touchdowns from five different rushers in a 58-6 romp over South Sam. Magnolia West defensive coordinator uh, Kirk Botkin in a critical District 10-5A Division I showdown. The Mustangs defense bottled up state-ranked and previously unbeaten Richmond Foster in route to a 12-7 win. And finally, Alpine offensive coordinator Adam Ilanes. Uh Alpine's Bucks ran for 431 yards and eight touchdowns, including 18.7 yards per carry. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> and a 61 nothing romp over Tornillo. So those are your Week 6. Dairy Max built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week. Nominees vote now on Twitter at DCTF. All right, Pickle, one last thing to do today. That's to roll out the Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Texas High School Football Plays of the Week. And we've uh, presented by our friends at Body Armor. Presented by our friends at Body Armor. I should say that because it needs to be on the lower third. Yeah. Uh, we scour the internet. We take your suggestions. Oh, that's because that's the games to watch. Here we go. Ha <laughs> Bang. Time for the Dave Campbell's <laughs> Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week. Presented by our friends at Body Armor. We scour the internet. We go. We, we look at what you tweet to us. Hashtag DCTF Top 10. We gather them all up put them in a bucket, and then we decide which are the top 10 plays of the week. Here's what we came up with this week of the Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week presented by Body Arbor. Then 21-yard line. Throw over the middle, and it's one-handed cut for the touchdown by Graham. Reds over the first time tonight. Smith takes the snap. Looking in the corner of the end zone for Ulrich, and he has got it! Airing it out, looking for West. Look at the scrub. Touchdown, Wildcats. What a play, T.J. West. Fake the handoff on his side. Brisbane's going deep this time. He's got Miller at the 30. He is interfering and still catches it at 25, and he'll walk in the end zone as the Tigers capitalize on a third and 25 from the 33-yard line. Oh, there it is. Jenkins running, two men to beat. He confused. Oh, what a, what a confusion. He's going to take it all the way to the house. He's going, not going to stop him. Touchdown, Golden Eagles. They break the goose egg after the big hit. Oh, dropped the ball. Brown did. Picks it up. Quick pass to Blaylock on the sideline. A nice little run. Still going. Can he stay in bounds? And he scores. 
but almost gets blocked. It does get blocked. Picked up and returned for the touchdown for the Tigers. Oh my goodness. Down run, but they need some points. As Rankin's under pressure, he's taking off. Rankin going deep. Caught! Breaks out of a tackle. How about this for Hawkins Polly? Touchdown Spartans. Man front. Breeze down drop, looking now. He's going to be pressured and flushed out of the pocket. Trips up just a little bit. Now throws it down the sidelines for Pilot. Pilot trying to adjust on the ball. Catches at the 35, 30, 25, 20, 50, 10, 5. Touchdown, Wildcats! 81 yards on the strike. Cruz, second down, looking for Hudson. It's a wide receiver screen. He's breaking a tackle. He's across the middle. He breaks another one. He's into the clear. He makes another move. You might as well pucker up, baby. Kiss this one goodbye. <laughs> Micah Hudson. There it is. Micah Hudson, the number one player. <laughs> Outstanding <of> the week. <laughs> call. <laughs> Top 10 plays of the week presented by our friends at Body Armor. We do appreciate their time, uh, them uh, sponsoring that. And uh, uh, we appreciate you sitting in your place. Uh, hashtag DCTF Top 10. One last thing to do, Pickle, and that is to roll up Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coach of the Week. Dave Campbell's Texas Football is proud to honor one head football coach in each classification with a Coach of the Week award. Each coach recognized with a special honor typifies the best in Texas high school football. Your week six. Six. Can't do this to me. <laughs> week six. Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coach of the Week in 6A. Ariel Familigi from El Paso, Montwood. Coach Familigi's Rams came into Thursday night's 1-6A affair with district-leading El Paso Franklin, a sizable underdog, but the Rams didn't blink, rallying from 14 points down the fourth quarter to stun Franklin 43-42. In 5A, Mike Alexander from Grapevine. In a state-ranked rivalry showdown, Alexander's Mustangs took charge of District 3, 5A Division 2, with an impressive 44-26 win over rival Colleyville Heritage, giving them the first win since 2018. In 4A, Steve Huff from Decatur. Huff, who moved to Decatur in the offseason after a state championship tenure at College Station, got his first signature win at the helm of the Eagles with a resounding 35-19 win over state-ranked Wichita Falls Hershey. In 3A, Joe uh, uh, Marichalar, I've I've written it five times, I've never said it out loud, from Santa Rosa. Coach M continues to work wonders at Santa Rosa, long thought to be only a basketball school in the Rio Grande Valley. His Warriors improved to 5-1 and one on the season and 2-0 and oh in District 16-3A Division one, Division two play with a 21-20 upset win over Odom. In 2A, Matt Lovern from Stratford. Coach Lovern's Elks look once again ready to be a state title contender despite the move to 2A Division one. They moved to 5-0 and oh with a win over 4A Perryton on Friday night. In 1A, Lee McCown from Robert Lee. Hired late in the offseason, McCown, a former star at Robert Lee, has sparked a big turnaround for the Steers, turning last year's 2-8 season into a 6-0 start after knocking off arch-rival Bront 24-6 in the 107th Coke County rivalry. And the private school ranks Curtis Crane from El Paso Cathedral. Crane's Fighting Irish put on an impressive defensive performance to move to 4-2 on the year with a 27-6 win over El Paso Bowie. So those are your Week 6 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coaches of the Week. Congratulations to all the coaches. We salute you. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. Let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Let's pull up this because we're doing a fun thing on yeah! Thursday. The DTTF watch along is back. It'll be tep 
Mike Craven, our college football insider, myself, and then our two big guests, Lubbock Coronado head coach DJ Mann coming all the way in from the 806, and our guy Marcus Shavers heading in from McKinney. We'll be watching Katie versus Katie Pato. Um, wherever you are watching the show right now, you can meet us there at 6 o'clock again. We'll probably get the stream started about 5.55, and you'll be able to watch the game on the actual screen along with uh, the guys' faces. Yes. So excited. And Mallory will be back here pushing buttons with me too so yeah if you need some malpal commentary we'll put her on, throw on this mic i guess yeah <laughs> i don't know something like that she just you know no camera on her yeah uh, there's not usually a camera on any of us back here so it's fine so there you go the dct have a watch along it's back six o'clock mark your calendar six o'clock thursday katie and katie Peto. watch it with uh dj man from lubbock Coronado, marcus shavers from mckinney and the dave campbell's texas football crew facebook youtube and twitch going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks again to Craig Way, Texas High Football Hall of Famer, for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. Mm-hmm.